0: Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This is the first in what will be most likely many remote podcasts on Tap That AZ. So, uh, new program that I found, um, it is called Sound Trap. It is a great podcast recording tool. If you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, I recommend you check it out. Also, coming up April 6th, I'll be launching a show called So You Want to Start. A podcast. It's a podcast about starting a podcast. So check that out. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, I think it's just uh, so you wanna, like wanna, W-A-N-N-A, so you wanna start a podcast. Anyways, let's get back to this. This is Weedy Weidenthal from Tombstone Brewing Company. Always found Weedy to be an intriguing guy and uh, make some of the best beers in Honestly, the country, so uh, I'll, I'll fight anybody that argues with me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, hey, from now on, we are going to be doing a remote, well, at Instagram Live. So every Wednesday, 6 p.m., Tap That Easy is going to be hosting an Instagram Live happy hour type of thing. Uh, we're going to have some guests on there, and also, each week, I will challenge one listener to a chugging contest so we're going to chug a 12 ounce beer if you're interested in that uh reach out to um let me know that you're interested in chugging a beer alongside me and if you win if you have a if you chug faster than me i'll send you a free shirt a free tap that easy t-shirt so anyways all right without further ado weedy widenthal from tombstone brewing company All right, so my guest today, he's been the head brewer at Tombstone Brewing Company since they opened in 2016. Since then, they've become one of the top breweries in the Southwest. His name, can you get much more Tombstone than Weedy Weidenthal? Weedy, thanks for joining, man. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Weedy, I mean, let's start with that. Like, I mean, I, I, I kind of have a guess why it's Weedy, but but I don't know if there's another story behind that. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually a, a family nickname. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know this at the time. Um, uh, when I was in eighth grade, uh, one of my football coaches started calling me Weedy cause he couldn't pronounce my last name properly. And, um, he just, he called me that in the class. Uh, he was like a, a substitute teacher. And okay. So he called me that in the class. My friends heard it and they started calling me Weedy and then ended up finding out that, uh, my grandfather, um, when he was at VMI, uh, he later on became a general in the Army. Um, he, he was going by Weedy the whole time. And uh, my dad also went to VMI and also went by Weedy while he was there. So it's just uh, the third, third in line, I guess.
0: Dude, that's cool because normally it's not a, it's not a nickname that passes on that's yeah yeah. i I never heard that i love it man especially weedy dude come on that's (laughs) that's amazing because when you and i pronounce your last name right it's weidenthal is that right
1: yeah correct yeah
0: yeah yeah because i i always thought that it was weidenthal weedy weidenthal that's you know that's what they call them but uh when i did the the podcast which was one of the first ones i think it was one i think it was number 10 or 8 or something like that what I, i did with matt i can't remember i think you were out of town or something so i was I was bummed. I mean, Matt's a good dude, but I was bummed. Weedy wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I said, Weedy Widenthal and he's like, "Well, it's actually Weeden, uh, you know, or Weidenthal?" He's like, "It's Widenthal. I'm like, "Oh man," he's, I'm like, "I'll make sure," I say that next time to impress him. <laughs> that's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was actually wondering how you knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Matt corrected me. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, dude, what is? what's going on in tombstone right now? I mean, as far as, you know, each, each place seems to be handling this whole, you know, coronavirus thing a little bit differently, but it's, it's, it's rocking the whole community right now. What's, what's going on in tombstone?
1: Um, from my perspective, not a whole lot has changed. Um, we are, our tap room is shut down. Um, we're doing to go beer and pick up beer, uh, and we're doing deliveries in, in our County. Um, which but, you, couldn't
0: uh, do, you couldn't do before, right?
1: Actually, we've been able to do this the whole time. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, like for our Barrel Society stuff, we were doing door-to-door delivery. And uh, years ago, Matt had uh, Matt had looked up the laws, and you know, he saw that we were legal to do it. And then he did check with the DLC and um, confirmed he got eight different opinions that it was legal Um but uh, no brewery was doing it, That's at least as far as I'm aware. Everybody assumed it was illegal. But okay. um, this has actually been legal for almost every brewery in Arizona to do door-to-door delivery for years now.
0: Really? Interesting. Yeah. It helps to have a, an owner who's a lawyer, right? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have been doing it through the – and explain that. You said the the Barrel Society?
1: Yeah, um, we stopped our Barrel Society a year ago, but uh, in our when we were doing our Barrel Society for the two years we did it, uh, our members had the option of having their beers dropped off on their doorstep.
0: Nice. That's a great service, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was a, a huge hassle for us, though. It was, it, that's a lot of work for whoever the driver is. Yeah. Uh, we, we used friends up in phoenix a few times we did use our employees a few times and it was just it always took several days and it was hard to coordinate you know people had to either stay home from work or meet the driver somewhere Uh yeah
0: yeah interesting but Is now that, everybody's home so yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Would mean you weren't home for this delivery i would we're calling the police because you should have been home yeah right. <laughs> yeah so and i were you had you ever done any deliveries were there any deliveries that you made
1: um, I've delivered to accounts before, but I've never done a, a doorstop delivery myself.
0: Because I was, I would think that there would be people out there, you know, you, you know, you've got those fans out there, Weedy, that are they just called just to have you deliver it, and then they won't <laughs> let you leave, right? <laughs>
1: yeah right and oh, don't, don't let Mickey hear you telling telling me this he's gonna to say i'm getting a big head
0: yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mickey, and he'll tell you he'll tell you straight up man he doesn't bullshit it's just right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um so things have, what about because i think about like you know tombstone obviously huge tourist attraction people from all the world uh come pretty much year round right i mean it's it, it's the the tourist thing there is is a year-round thing is that right
1: uh, yeah. Um, we do have better months than others. Like, uh, I think normally September, October are really good months for us. And then, uh, like January, February are kind of slow. Okay. This was kind of the end of like one of our really busy seasons. And we would have faced a little bit of a lull anyways for probably two or three weeks before, uh, we've got Wyatt Earp days coming up. Oh, gotcha. Um, and so then we so then we get into a season where it's like we've got huge weekends once a month but we don't really have like steady business throughout the week. Okay gotcha
0: so like you said not much you're not seeing much difference down there you know besides the tap room not being open and yeah well, yeah. And, you
1: know for me i don't do anything with the tap room anyways so like i'm kind of laser focused on the production side of things okay. and we actually brewed 50% more beer in the in our last week than we do on a normal rotation of beers anyways oh wow so wow. yeah so we we kind of had our production schedule already planned out and we've just rolled with it exactly as it was. And we just so happened to have more beer on the schedule than we normally would during this whole time.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And what about the town itself? I mean, it is, it's, it's gotta be kind of seeing a it's gotta be a real ghost town at this point, right? I mean, cause no one can, <laughs>
1: no one can go. Right. Yeah. Um, we still get people that are dropping in that are from out of town. Um, they'll like drop in and ask if they're allowed to buy beer. Um, but, yeah, uh, almost every business is closed. um, I don't know if the restaurants are doing delivery or not um are the our local pages are all pretty they're they're all pretty tame at this point. There's not much activity going on on our local social media pages, gotcha, so, so I think that um, yeah, I think that pretty much everybody is closed other than our gas stations.
0: Gotcha, just quiet town right now people are just getting through this whole thing, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's so- a beautiful time of year for it.
0: Uh, you mean as far as like the the slow business slow time of, of business, anyways? Well, yeah, and like
1: yeah. everybody right now, I think uh, you, I always tell people in our county we're a county that's the size of Connecticut and Rhode Island combined. Oh wow! And we have like I think we have eighty thousand people that live in this county, so it's you know a a really spread out county. We've got this beautiful weather, and everybody's getting to get out and enjoy it. So that's actually pretty nice for us down here right now.
0: You know what man I, I I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because uh you know we're we're it's me and my wife and my two daughters they're they're 6 and 8 um and we're we're here man I, I go on supply runs you know like a couple times a week but 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 we don't we don't leave and the weather's been amazing like we we just got our backyard done uh so we're actually enjoying the backyard we're having some you know great family time and and not to sound you know however but you know it's yeah I know there's there's really, really bad shit going on out there right now. But for me, I don't know. I I I try not to think about much beyond what what I can see. Right, my family that's right. that's here with me, and um, we we've we're making the best of it. And it's actually been, you know, it, like you said, good time of the year too. I mean, it's beautiful out there's a lot of people sometimes i i take a drive uh once in a while just to kind of clear my head and i drive by some trails and stuff it, also because i'm lazy right <laughs> but, so, but i see man these places are packed i mean the 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 trails and stuff up here in north phoenix are people are
1: it, it's packed man it's it's crazy to see yeah yeah, yeah uh, matt and i actually just yesterday we were talking about going out and shooting some rabbits you know it's like might as well get out and do some hunting while we can yeah yeah you guys
0: you guys get a little bit of a, a, a reprieve maybe a little bit of work right A little yeah. bit, but yeah so um you are you guys doing anything really different as far as i mean i I know you're doing you know uh, the you know just to go tap room's not open but is there any i mean if you guys sat down and said hey how do we how do we strategize through this
1: um no not really the the only real change that we have going on right now is Um, normally every two weeks we brew 60 barrels of beer. We fill our three fermenters. We've got two 15s and a 30 and that 30 barrel fermenter is normally half draft, half cans. Okay. Um, we're not doing any draft. Um, and so we, we would normally need two pallets of cans and we only ordered one pallet of each one of the brands going through that tank. So now we're having to order blank cans and we're going to apply labels to them. Okay. So it won't be, you'll see uh, 30% of our beer or sorry, 25% of our beer will have a label on it. That's not our normal, our normal can. But other mm-hmm. than that, I don't think that you'll see any real differences, um, coming out of tombstone, at least not yet. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Well, keep doing what you guys are doing, man. You're, you're the beer just continues to flow beautifully from you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, dude. I mean the, the everything, right. I mean, I, you know it's, you'll talk to some people they're like oh dude they're hazy ipas but they're like, oh dude they're sours oh dude the the you know <laughs> the Ru- <laughs> the russian imperial stout so you guys are nailing it on on all levels but so you joined Tombstone in 2016 but but you'd been you'd been brewing before then right
1: yeah um, i was brewing at a brewery in uh, madison alabama is that uh, where blue
0: pants brewery you're from alabama right grew up in alabama
1: um i was an army brat but yeah i ended up uh, my dad retired in alabama when i was 14 so I, i stuck around there
0: so you started off at you said blue pants right yep how did that happen like how did you have the inkling to be like hey you know what i might want to get into beer
1: um i actually had started brewing in college um my freshman year of college i in alabama you just couldn't get good beer so I was used to drinking craft beer in Wisconsin, actually. I used ah. to march with a, a drum and bugle corps in the summers. And uh, so I, I started drinking. The first beer I ever drank was Spotted Cow from New Glarus. Wow, that's um,
0: a good start, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just drank. For that whole summer, I was drinking craft beers, and then I go to my freshman year of college, and I had my first light beer ever. And uh, I couldn't believe that beer could taste so flavorless and um, <laughs> But that was really all that was available in Alabama at the time. We had a, a limit, six and a quarter percent alcohol on uh, all beer in Alabama at the time. So um, I was like, I guess I'll just start brewing myself. So my, uh, my sophomore year of college, I started brewing, um, dropped out of music school. I was uh, doing music education and started, I transitioned to business because I decided I wanted to open a brewery Nice. Um, and then uh, ended up dropping out of that. Once I drank too much and stopped going to class <laughs>
0: Duh, <laughs> uh, man, we've, been, that's, we've been there. we've been yeah. there've yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: so then uh i yeah, I just actually got really lucky with blue pants um I had gone in for like their it was like a soft opening, and I uh, met the owners and told them that I was interested in helping out in any way. They hired me to work in the tap room and uh I volunteered on the bottling line, and eventually they realized that I actually knew what I was doing with. Like home brewing type of stuff and the brewery you know back then you 2000 was at 2012 a lot of brewers didn't really have any experience it was just home brewers opening breweries left and right yeah. and that was pretty much what blue pants was so um uh, they were like hey we need somebody to brew let's teach you how to how to press these buttons and open these valves and yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah they just uh i was 21 and brewing commercially wow and
0: did you was there a point uh what when, when, when was the point that you knew like all right man this is this is this is beyond just a a, a hobby you know i'm or just a job at this point like i this is this is, it. This is what i want to do
1: um pretty much from the start um I, at the time i thought that i wanted to be a brewery owner um i'd be terrible at that uh, okay <laughs> yeah so like yeah i don't want that at all anymore okay. but uh you know from the beginning i I wanted my future to be in brewing
0: why do you think you would be a a, a, a terrible owner?
1: Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons, but I...
0: <laughs> we you could just say, Matt, I appreciate all that you do, right? That, <laughs> but
1: yeah. Would yeah, you like, thank you, Matt, for making my dreams come true? That's what this is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, what? I'm the same man because when I see something like that, it's like, oh, dude, I love food, I would love to be a chef or a restaurant owner. And then, like, after I kind of see what that's like, I'm like, nah, I just want to eat the food. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah. I could, maybe I could make a career out of eating the food somehow, you know? <laughs> but
1: yeah, I don't want to deal with all the paperwork and everything, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be like the the guy that everything ends with the owner you know i don't want to be that guy yeah i just i just want to have a laser focus on production and uh you know enjoy my life
0: yeah well and that's what you do right like you 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 you're 100 in that in that brew house that's that's your that's your your place man right like that and that's what what you love about it right yeah that's yeah Yeah. that's great So that's cool that you can, you can, you can do that. And you said have a life as well, meaning like, you know, family. Cause you're, you're married. You have a, how old is your son now? Congratulations, uh, by the way. I don't think I've talked to you since your son was born. Oh,
1: thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he turns one next week actually.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. Number, thanks. First birthday. Where are you going to take him out and shoot some rabbits? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll get him a dirt bike. There you go. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's awesome, man. So, so you are able to have that life beyond just the beer, right? You do what you need to do, um, and you get to enjoy yourself. That's great. Yep. That's what it should be, right?
1: Yeah, and we're a we're a close knit group here in Tombstone. So it's like uh, my assistant brewer is my sister in law, and uh, Matt lives across the street from me, basically. So yeah. you know, we're we're all you know, we, we've, we've got all this time to spend outside of the brewery and joining each other's company and everything. In addition to the work we do together.
0: Yeah. Well, well how, so sorry, I, I think I kind of got us off track a little bit. So you're, you're brewing at, uh, blue pants and where, where do you, where how do you go from blue pants to tombstone? Right. <laughs> how does that happen? Uh, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had, I, I attended the world brewing Academy while I was at blue pants and, um, at that point I started getting job after job offers constantly. Um, and it was, I, yeah, I, I just, I was ready to be done at blue pants. I just got to a point where I was kind of burned out. Um, it wasn't uncommon there for me to be working 80 hours a week, 70 to 80 hours a week. Oh, wow. Um, head brew at this time. Yeah. 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 Okay. From 2013 on. Um, and so, uh, I'd seen Matt posting an ad on Pro Brewer looking for a brewer in Arizona. Didn't say it wasn't Tombstone, just a brewery in Arizona opening. And I responded to it. And, uh, it was like within 10 minutes, Matt responded with an email. He said, uh, he was like, can I interview you tonight? <laughs> it, was oh, like, this, it was like, man, this guy's desperate. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, I did a Skype interview with him and, uh, he told me that, uh, The brewery was in Tombstone, Arizona, and I just laughed because I I didn't know Tombstone was a real place. Oh, Uh, you
0: just thought it was like a like a movie set type of thing?
1: I didn't even (laughs) really know that it was a movie, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm not really a movie kind of guy, so yeah, I I didn't know anything about it. Um, But uh, I got I like in my mind, I'm going, man, there's no fucking way I'm gonna go work in Tombstone, Arizona. and so, uh, but as we kind of hit it off while we were talking, um, and, uh, found out that we had a lot of things in common. And, uh, I get, when I got off the phone with him, I was like, man, that might be an interesting adventure. And so my wife is an artist and we started looking at the towns around Tombstone and we found Bisbee. It's a great little art town. So, oh, yeah. like, and we had just been married like three months before and we were just like, if we're going to do this, let's just do it. So, uh. It was like four weeks later we were moving moving to Arizona.
0: <laughs> Dang man, so so you, in the meantime, right? So you you had no idea what Tombstone was. Did you, did you do the research and and see what it was? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I, did you think? I did,
1: uh, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I I flew out actually. Um, Matt Matt flew me out so that I could see the brewery and everything and make sure that I was like fully committed because I think that for a lot of people, you know, you move to a a town that's this small and. Uh, I think like that could be a little bit daunting. So I think Matt wanted to make sure that I was truly all in before I moved out here. So he flew me out and I got to see everything. Nice. Um, Were you all in, were you all
0: in before, like before you, you came out, but he just wanted to make sure.
1: Um, I don't know if I was all in before I, um, but definitely once I got here and Matt and I started talking and we were hanging out, like I immediately fell in love with Bisbee and, uh, um, Matt and I, we we just got along so well. It just was kind of a perfect fit. Yeah, nice. And man. we had so many similar ideas for how a brewery should run. It was really just kind of we were we were really poised to hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, so that's cool. Like so, so it wasn't um, wasn't necessarily the environment or the place, right, or the location that was. It, you guys had that ideal, that mindset, that same mindset. And and I, I don't want to you know go on too far on a limb here, but it sounds like even if it was not you know youngstown ohio you might you might do it too right
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah for me you know it's all it was all about the opportunity to be set up for success as a brewer and that i mean i can't say that i'm not set up for success i mean there's the the brewery was really well set up everything you know everything about it was great so it was just like immediately like yeah let's do this
0: so you just so you and matt decide or he flies you down you're like yep i'm in um, this was, I, I assume, what twenty fifteen?
1: Um, no, it was like three weeks before the brewery opened. Oh shit! <laughs>
0: <laughs> was he? Was Matt Bruin? Like, was Matt Bruin to get things? Like, no, there going? was actually.
1: Um, there was another guy that had originally been supposed to be the brewer, and he backed out last minute. He had a a family emergency, and uh, or I, not even emergency. It was a little bit of a family catastrophe. So he, had, um, so he backed out and Matt was looking for somebody. So I I think it was probably a month before the brewery opened that I came out and saw it. And it was a few weeks later I was moving, um, actually bought a house site unseen in Bisbee. Oh uh, really? Yeah. 120 yeah. year old house site unseen. And, uh, um, yeah, it was an interesting time. Um, I think there was like three days after I had moved here where we didn't have our TTB permit yet. So we couldn't brew, um, but we had ordered all of our ingredients. We were just waiting for that permit to come through. And so the day that the permit came through, we went and fired up the brew house and filled all three fermenters. And Yeah. yeah, we were, we were open in time for Helderado days, which was the goal that was
0: a goal dude that yeah. that's that's a quick turnaround man and and i could see you guys like sitting like on like bags of grain just like i just want to make this shit <laughs> you <know>? like,
1: let's, <laughs> let's get rolling oh man <laughs> it got bad because we had like i'm i'm really strict about how we manage yeast and okay. uh i don't like yeast to be stored for longer than a week and we had ordered the yeast and like we're starting to look at like four or five days, and I was like, "Oh man, we gotta do something to save this yeast." So we like drove to a homebrew supply store and bought all of the malt extract that they had, and we made like a little quick concentrate to feed the yeast and keep it healthy. Ah, oh, dude,
0: <laughs> that's that's some weedy shit right there, man. I love it, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that. That's a compliment, man. I just want you to <laughs> know that. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Why? Like, why? So you said that that. Uh, maintaining the yeast, or I I can't remember the word you just used, but the, the focus on the yeast. Why, why was that? Why is that such a thing for you?
1: Uh, well in every glass of beer, there's approximately 1000 flavor compounds and 900 of them come from fermentation alone. So your yeast is in my opinion, definitely the most important ingredient. Um, and the yeast you, it probably would have been fine from the yeast would still be alive, but it would lose energy. We call it losing vitality. Okay. So, um, it would be a less vigorous yeast. It might not have exactly the same fermentation characteristics we were going for. Um, so yeah, I wanted to make sure that that was, that we didn't have it. Uh, you know, I didn't want our first batches of beer to be anything that could potentially be flawed. I don't want any batch to be sure. Potentially yeah. flawed, but you <laughs> yeah. know, those first batches. Yeah especially like people were telling us we were being overambitious and I wanted to prove them wrong. Like uh, we were, we were telling breweries that we were going to do a triple batch brew day the day that we got our permit and they were like, Oh, you're crazy. You're you, yeah. You need to monitor your glycol system and you do all this stuff. And I was like, now we're going for it. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I appreciate the advice, but we're rolling with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so do you remember what that first beer was? Do you remember the first beer you guys made?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, so our first round of beers, um, three different batches. Now we did what we just call IPA. Uh, so you know, like our, if we had a flagship beer would be, or you know that flagship IPA. Okay. Um, there was an ESB, four um, and a half percent ESB, and uh, since we have RO water, we did like the traditional Burton on Trent water profile and everything. Um, and the third one was a blonde. It was uh, really more more similar to a Kolsch, but people don't really know what a Kolsch is, so we called it a blonde. A blonde. <laughs> yeah.
0: <right. laughs> if you would be fancy, right, and put the little, I don't know that you probably know the word for the two dots above the O, right? I think it's an umlaut. Yeah. I'll go with that, man. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cause I'll forget to fact check it later anyway. So that's, that. that's the answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks for bailing me out on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, I remember too, one of the, I think it was one of your early ones was another exercise of mediocrity, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think we gave it a few months before we named a beer that, um, Okay. and the reason was, uh, it was before we had ever even opened. We never brewed a beer. Uh, somebody had commented on an article um, where Matt was talking about opening the brewery, and somebody said, create just what Arizona needs, another exercise in mediocrity. <laughs> and so uh, I actually, Matt actually made the, the tagline on our Facebook page, another exercise in mediocrity, before the brewery ever opened. Um, but I wanted to name our first beers that, but then it was like, that's probably a bad idea because – you know, what if uh, that like puts in people's mind that we're okay with sucking or something? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to have a little bit of a reputation for not sucking before we <laughs> would do something like that.
0: Yeah. And so, so when you guys got to a point like, all right, man, we're good. We don't suck, right? Nope, we don't suck. All right, we're putting this beer out now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the weirdest thing. It was like, I remember, like, uh, I'm you know, pretty active on social media and um, I check untapped pretty frequently. And I remember, like, the third day after we had released our IPA, people were, like, commenting, saying it, if it does or doesn't live up to the hype. I was like, man, first batch of beer, what hype could there possibly be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they heard about this dude named Weedy who moved from Alabama to, to Tombstone. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, but even that, like, if, if somebody told me that, like... No offense to the Alabama, but if somebody like if I'm living in a different state and somebody's like, "Hey, this brewer's moving from Alabama," I'd be like, "Oh, great! That really is just what we need—a brewer from Alabama." Like, what, what, what good is that going to do? <laughs> uh, well,
0: dude, it's all falling into place for you. That's that's yeah. for sure. Because I mean, and that's that's the thing is is you guys are cranking out great beers, like time after time after time. So. um that's a pretty quick rise man from you know in, in a matter of you know less than 4 years right it's it's I mean it was October of 2016 yeah so dude that's that's imp- that's very impressive i mean it's you guys are one of the best in in the southwest and and people know tombstone beer almost i I mean some people are like oh shit there's a town called tombstone i just thought
1: that was a brewery (laughs) you know um it's awesome people always think we're a brewery in tucson i'm like man the name's tombstone brewing right (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: exactly well we are in like extreme south tucson like we're
1: yeah (laughs) yeah there are some people that make the argument that everything south of phoenix is tucson so
0: yeah, I won't, <laughs> I won't be one of those, but you know, it's, I, there are those people out there for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what do you, so we got a couple of questions from, from like the, the Instagram followers for tap that AZ and a couple people want to know, like, what is your favorite style to brew? Uh, Pilsners. Pilsners. Why? Uh And that was quick, man.
1: That was quick like you you were you had that one locked and loaded <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I studied it um with German brewers, and uh I kind of developed a love for drinking Pilsners a little bit late, well, I say late in my career it was three or four years into it. I thought Pilsners were just a a crappy style, um, and then I went to Germany and started you know researching Pilsner production and Tried a bunch of different ones. I'm not going to say that every Pilsner in Germany is good, uh, yeah. but I had several that were mind blowing, and uh, kind of set out to to start reproducing that in the United States. Um, so yeah, Pilsners are definitely my favorite style, but you know they're not something that's all that popular within the craft community. So we don't do them a there. whole lot. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely uh, coming up.
0: And I I think that that's a a testament to, you know, to guys like you and, you know, Brian Helton and Doc and, you know, great brewers here in Arizona that are making like, because I've never been a huge fan of Pilsner's, right? I mean, I was, you know, I loved IPAs and Ambers and Reds and all these, but Pilsner's were, I don't know, I, I just wasn't i didn't like them but i wasn't like oh man i'm gonna get a pilsner but then from having some of these pilsners that that you know guys like you and brian and and doc are making it's like holy shit man this 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 seemingly simple beer uh is fantastic you know what i mean and and well
1: and it also could just be a matter of you're getting pilsners fresh for the first time you know like yeah that even through u.s like U.S. breweries that brew pilsners and distribute them a lot of times you see them on the shelf they're already six months old. Uh, if they're coming from Germany, they're most likely sterile filtered, pasteurized, and then they spend some time on a ship. Yeah. Um, so you know you're getting them either coarsely filtered or unfiltered in the United States now, and uh, you know you're getting them within weeks of them being packaged. It's a whole different ballgame. That's
0: a good point, man. Because that's that's one thing that I've really um... I mean, I, I don't, I don't have my, my buddy jokes with me. He says I'm a beer snob. I'm like, dude, I'm not a beer snob. Like I'm not like I, I like, okay. I, I will crush a Miller light. I'll crush a 30 pack on a Saturday
1: if I have to, you know? <laughs> so, and I oh, mean, that sounds like a good Saturday. To I me. know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not, yeah. But you know, I'm not the guy that's like, Oh dude, I just drink, you know, the, the barrel age or I just do that. I'm like, did I drink it all? I love it all. But, but it has to be fresh. And that's, that's what I've learned through, through this journey is the difference. Between fresh beer and not fresh beer. And it's huge, man. It's, I tell people all the time, you know, cause you get the people, I, 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 I was going to say, I'm sure you know, I know that you know how, how the, the online community can be. And, and people are like, Oh, dude, man, the, the brewery sucks. I'm like, first of all, you didn't even get it at the brewery. You got it at some, you got it at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Who knows how long that's been <laughs> <that's> there, <laughs> right.
1: That's been there or yard house or something. Yeah. And you're licking butter, buttery wing sauce <laughs> off your fingers the whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. haven't washed your hands in a week come on man. don't blame the brewery this one's on you uh, but no it's true man I, and I always tell people I'm like don't judge a brewery until you've had the beer at their place right it's it's because there's so many things that in uh, that, that, that actually leads to a question I have for you is when a when it leaves your doors because you guys are you guys are delivering do you guys go all the way up the Flagstaff we do yeah. okay yeah so you're delivering pretty much all across the state um with you, with your your guys's focus on quality, is it is it was it hard to get over like letting your babies out, <laughs> you, know, letting them, uh, you know where that you're like shit. This is in somebody else's hands at this point. Is it is that um, tough?
1: No, no. So for me, you know, coming from Blue Pants, I worked there almost five years, and we were a production brewery that distributed through Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, um, Louisiana. So we were brewing nine thousand barrels a year. So, and we were doing all of that through distributors who treat your beer like shit. Um, <sighs> you know, they put it in hot warehouses. They sell it for six months after its best by date, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. So coming to Arizona and having either self-distribution or in our case, we use Manual Brothers, um, who is great. You know, they've got a refrigerated truck. They they pick up the beer the day we can it. they put it onto a refrigerated truck and then the next day they're delivering it all over the state. I've heard so, great
0: things about those guys.
1: Yeah, they're they're incredible. Yeah, um, uh, they've made our lives so much better by by having them as a business partner, um, and uh, you know, so for that we've got that kind of control. And then the beer is selling fast. Um, almost every retailer keeps it refrigerated. Originally, we had uh, everybody signed contracts that they would keep it refrigerated. Wow, um, nice. I don't think that we've been requiring that recently, but uh, I think almost everybody continues to do it, or it's sold before it matters, anyways. So, uh, you know, as long as the beer is moving fast, that doesn't bother me at all. If uh, if we got to a point where you know our demand starts waning or stuff, yeah, I'd probably get pretty nervous about sending out that much beer in cans. But uh, but no, I mean, as long as it's selling reasonably fast and being kept cold, I feel good about it. Yeah. Good, man.
0: Good. Because every place that I that I've gotten your beer at, it, 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 it's it been at places that, you know, the people love they love the beer. Like the owners of the places love the beer just as much as I do, you know, whether it's, you know, Mickey or or, you know, uh, Justin from uh, Casual Pint or Allen at, you know, Craft Beer Hop Stop. They love it, man. They love they love being like our go to for tombstone beer right I'll, I'll yeah i'll message alan we've and say, got, yeah sorry go ahead
1: we've got some really great partners you know we can look at our retailers or our, our accounts we can look at them more as like partners uh and uh even like even sometimes if we argue with some of these guys over whatever they've always got our back and we've always got theirs so i think that yeah i think we've got a really good distribution set up right now with um, the kind of relationships that we have with everybody couldn't be happier with all of our retailers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That That's awesome. And so with, I, I don't know. Um, I think everything's speculation at, at this point, but uh, what do you, what do you see the big picture of craft beer with, with what's, with, with what's happening right now with places, you know, some needing to shut down completely or just changing their business model. Um, and, and that's just Arizona that I see. And, and I assume that's going on all over, if not even worse in some places. So what do you think this impact is going to be on this this industry?
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty apparent that we are going to see some closures. I think more realistically, there will be, uh, you know, like the larger state breweries or smaller regional breweries will consider buying out some of the smaller breweries. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. I think that uh, one of the big things that we've seen is uh, it's getting harder and harder as a distribution brewery model um, throughout the entire United States, just to compete with shelf space and f- compete for tap handles. Um, really the the money and the uh, the thrill of all of this really is mostly in your tap room right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, we'll see those larger breweries that are kind of realizing that they might have gotten too big, but still have enough of a cash reserve to buy some of those smaller places, um, take advantage of that and be able to, you know, go and have more of a tap room oriented model. Um, but I, you know, everything, like you said, it, it is up in the air. Um, I think that right now, if your entire income was based off of a tap room, you're probably struggling more than anybody. Sure. Yep. Cause you know, we've seen so many breweries that are now you're, you're scrambling to fill crawlers and stuff and it's like that I'm glad that b- the beer is still selling, but you're going to run out. That's, that's not really going to be a sustainable thing to keep crowling your beer for two or three months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that That's a really good point. I, I was, uh, I was talking to somebody, um, I don't know, a week ago or so. I, I, dropped dropped into a simple machine and was talking to marshall and matt and i was asking marshall i'm like dude how you know how how everything's going he's like dude it's you know i mean they just opened i mean they opened like what a month two months ago um
1: just in time for the storm yeah
0: i was like man but you know they got a positive attitude like man we got you know we're the the neighborhood around here which is i live up here so that's why i'm partial to them is they're they're right there and and they're good dudes too, so that helps. <laughs> but uh, but I was like, uh, I said, how are you guys doing? I god like, oh man, the community smartness really good right now. I mean, it's they're like, it's you know, right now we're we're doing we're doing okay. And then he's like, and then he looks at me, he's like, A month or two from now, he's like, I don't know, man, <laughs> you know. And that's that's the reality of it, right? It's it's yep. it, it could be much much longer than than what we expect, and
1: hopefully the all those SBA loans will actually help people. You, you never know what's going to happen with that stuff. Yeah. It yeah. could end up being that the companies that don't need it are the ones that get the loans. Um, hopefully yeah. that's not how it goes down, but, uh, you know, they're hopefully with those loans available, you know, they're zero interest loans, debt forgiven, as long as you only use it for payroll and overhead. So,
0: Oh really? Oh, gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. Those are available. Um, but uh, they're only available for certain people. So we'll see what happens with that, but that could keep a lot of breweries afloat.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, good. That's good. So before we wrap this up, where, what's the, what's the future look like for tombstone? I mean, what, what have you, what do you envision for, for your brewery?
1: Um, just keep rolling, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, you know, we're, we're doing what we want to do and just keep doing it. We, we, you know, I'd like to I'd like to branch out and brew a little bit more of a wider variety of styles, um, but realistically, what people want right now are stouts and IPAs, and we're gonna keep giving people what they want for as long as they want it.
0: Well, hopefully enough people want that ESB to come back and get into cans because <laughs> I would love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a good chance that one will come back. And nice. you know, right now we've got a a pretty cool logger that I've been working on that was uh, actually trying to recreate the original Michelob beer the way it was brewed in 1896.
0: I saw that post of yours. I'm like, hell yeah, man! <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's respect, man. That's respect for 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 beer, good beer, you know what I mean? Right. Like people are like, "Oh, Michelob like no, dude, you don't understand."
1: Like yeah. So. yeah, I mean there there was a time where that was the finest beer in the world and it's nothing like the the recipe is nothing like what they're brewing now. Oh, it's yeah, I'm way, sure it's way hoppier now. Um and uh, oh, it's way
0: hoppier now.
1: Uh, sorry, uh, in 1896 okay, it was gotcha. way hoppier. originally, yeah. And, yeah, about double the amount of IBUs and uh, all saw's hops and they were really particular with their ingredients back then.
0: And you are um, in the process of making that or creating a recipe for it?
1: Um, yeah, so we actually created the recipe, and I had it on the schedule to brew. It actually it was something I needed to find the yeast strain that was being used in 1896. Um, and so that was, a, that was the hardest part. I ended up finding the yeast strain banked in a USDA archive of yeast. Really? Yeah. So the USDA has a program where they bank yeast and, um, they actually bank like bacteria and stuff too. Um, and if you can find the strain that you're after, you can send, you can actually get slants of it sent to you. All you do is you pay postage. So we paid like a dollar and we got these tiny little slants that had a couple of colonies of yeast cells on them. And we were able to send that to a yeast lab to have them propagate it. But then the yeast lab got shut down. Um, Ah. so we'd already had the beer on the schedule and the, one of the interesting things about it though, was that yeast strain, we had actually tracked the lineage of it from the moment that it was isolated in 1882 in Carlsberg Brewery, um, from actually from the Tuberg Brewery isolated by the Carlsberg Brewery. Um, we were able to track the lineage of how it got from, uh, Denmark down to Uh, Michelob in the Czech Republic, or Michelob-Bohemia, Austria, really.
0: Oh, gotcha, Um, okay.
1: And so uh, we were able to track the lineage of the yeast, and we were able to figure out the moment that the brewer, or the owner of the brewery in Michelob, had taken yeast from Augustiner. So we recreated his version of Michelob, which Adolphus Busch then recreated 15 years later. Um, So there was really... There, there was a time where two Michelobes were being brewed. It was Anton Dreer's Michelob and Adolphus Bush's Michelob. Oh, so really? we just transitioned this batch to be Anton Dreer's, and we're calling it uh, Dreer's Original Bohemian Lager. Nice. And then uh, when the original recipe that we were uh, setting out to brew, the Bush version, um, when we brew that, we'll call that one Beer for Connoisseurs
0: nice oh i saw i think i saw was that on your website the can design yeah ah, probably. that's beautiful man that's beautiful and that's another thing too i love you guys is the can art because sometimes you got the you know like the doc holiday style i think it was the was it a nut brown or something that had doc holiday oh, hazelnut. Uh,
1: recently yeah i'm your hazelnut
0: yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, so that there's that style of can art you guys do sometimes with the um I think the casual pint one was like that as well uh but then you got other ones like the um the one you were just talking about the I, my short-term memory is horrible yeah exactly um so it's awesome man and, and so how soon will those be coming out
1: uh so we brewed the drears version um last week Okay. so that one that'll take probably four weeks to log it. so we're probably looking at five weeks from now nice um and then uh the beer for connoisseurs we've got the cans and everything already for it so we'll brew that as soon as our yeast lab is open back up for business
0: gotcha nice man nice and now with with the way everything is right now are are, are you getting making deliveries up to phoenix or Manuel brothers bringing things up this way or is that shut down
1: uh no we're still good to go. Ah um, oh, nice. Yeah no no problems there.
0: Cool well I'm gonna keep an eye out for that because I'm I'm getting those okay. for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll be in less retailers because a lot of you know the guys that are only available for on premise consumption are closed. Uh, oh, but all yeah. you know, the convenience stores and everything that carry our beer they should have no problem uh, continuing to get it and sell it. Cool. And I would uh, it looks like right now a lot of the a lot of those guys are making up for our loss of sales to other retailers by buying more of our beer. So the same amount of beer is getting shipped up to Phoenix. It's just going to fewer accounts. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good, man. That's good for you guys to just, you know, keep things moving. You guys do good things down there. So I'm happy to hear that, man. Happy to hear that. <laughs> one last, one last question for you. This was one that somebody submitted on Instagram that I thought this was great. Cause everybody, all, you know, they want to know, they want to know your, uh, you know your favorite beers, and what's your favorite beer to brew? But this one's my favorite. So if 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 there's a movie made about your life, who would play you?
1: <laughs> God, man, I'm I'm so bad with actors. Uh, I don't know actors' names. Um,
0: describe please. him. We'll, we'll play charades right now. You describe who he is, or yeah, and I'll I'll I'll
1: guess. Uh, well, so. Um, my, be wife and my, my wife and her sister, they keep making fun of me because I think Orlando Bloom and Heath Ledger are the same person. And okay. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I, I'm really convinced they are the same person. Uh, uh, so that's
0: not just that's not just a, like a memory or knowledge thing. That's just that's just like, hey, no, this is some conspiracy shit. Like, it's the same person, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So I think that it, uh, the right actor to play me wouldn't actually be an actor. I think it'd be Chuck Liddell. Chuck
0: Liddell, dude. I I think I kind of look
1: like that guy when I shave my head and do a mohawk.
0: (laughs) Dude, you need (laughs) need to do that now. I need to see this, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last person I was going to expect. That's awesome, man. Imagine him in a movie. Like, imagine him playing you. I think, dude, I'm intrigued now. I think he'd knock it out of the park. Oh, hell yeah, he would. Hell yeah. (laughs) I could see him on, like, your motorcycle, like, driving through Tombstone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I love it, man. I love it. Well, Weedy, thanks so much, dude. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, keep doing what you guys are doing in Tombstone, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, sounds good. Talk All right, to you later. Later. Mm.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Make sure you get out there, get some Tombstone beer. um, If you can have it delivered to you by Weedy, by hand on his motorcycle with his Mohawk and his Chuck Liddell, um, all that kind of stuff, his Fu Manchu or whatever it is Chuck has. Uh, Just make sure you're supporting your local breweries and always remember to always support your local breweries, local businesses. Um, Do all that we can right now. Stay safe. And always remember to stay awesome.